Howdy. Well, we're getting into the uh, season of Advent. So uh, for those of you who haven't been celebrating Advent in the past, uh, this is the season that leads up to Christmas. So Advent is talking about the coming, the coming of the Christ. And with that is each of these weeks ends up being another week that builds on that theme of Christ coming into this world. And this first week, we're looking at the season of hope. Now, with that is a lot of times as a child of the 80s, hope could be a very difficult thing at times. Pretty much anything and everything that we would be immersed in as children would scare the bejesus out of us. So, for example, we're watching the never-ending story, and we're thinking to ourselves, oh, this is lovely, a boy and his horse, a giant flying dog, all of these cute creatures, and then you find out that everything's falling apart, and then you realize that the horse is getting sucked into a swamp. And it's like, now it's like children uh, that grew up in the 80s with me, now we've got PTSD over anything to do with swamps because we're afraid that now it's going to just suck us right in. Apparently we all think that, uh, you know, like quicksand and everything else is all around us now. Or then we might say, well, there might be other things that we might have enjoyed, you know. Maybe instead, the American tale. The American tale is this little mouse Bible, and he's, he's leaving his home in Russia, and he's coming to the U.S., and you're like, oh, that's wonderful, except he's separated from his family, and he's surrounded by these scary cats, and you don't know who's coming after him, and you're just like, I thought this was a sweet movie, and don't even get me started on Disney. Oh, my word. Pinocchio still haunts my dreams. Oh, my goodness. Those donkeys, they were children. Oh my goodness, it just seems like each one of these stories, it's like, it's this sweet story except for the dark side to it. Oh my goodness. And, and so it's like, in addition to our, uh, you know, mutual counseling sessions and support groups among children of the 80s, is that in addition, it oftentimes ends up not only shaping us, but also in many ways, it kind of changes what we're waiting for and expecting. And... I bring that up this morning because this is the season of Advent, and so I went into looking at this hope week. You know, what is it that Advent is going to express for hope? So I'm thinking, okay, this is the time for, you know, the baby Jesus and the wise men and the shepherds and, I don't know, maybe something to do with gingerbread. I'm sure, you know, like that's what the wise men brought, gold, frankincense, myrrh, and gingerbread cookies. So... With that, I'm, I'm going into the passages, and I'm kind of excited, and I'm looking at, and then I get to Mark 13, and I'm like, okay, let's see what this has to say, Mark 13. In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. This is leading to Christmas? What in the world? And, and I started looking at this passage thinking to myself, geez, the Christmas story got super dark, like really fast. But in reality is this idea of what is happening in the world around us, the world doesn't just stop just because we are in the middle of the Advent season. There are a lot of things that are still happening all around us, things that are difficult and scary and 
we make us frightened and unsure. We know that at this time, the ceasefire in the Middle East has come to an end, and they are back to bombing one another. We know that there are still hostages that are, and prisoners that have been taken and are in places that they don't need to be. We know that there is still a battle happening, Ukraine and Russia. We know that we are still in the middle of issues in our world right now, too. The Black Friday sales and the Christmas season hasn't fixed anything with the economy and inflation just yet. We're still surrounded by so many things that not only are frightening, but maybe they distract from what Christmas is supposed to be about, right? You see, this idea of hope can sometimes be difficult to hold on to. Now, when we think about stuff like you know, the moon and uh, losing its light and the sun being darkened. And we sometimes get caught up in these kind of scary images that are in our heads. And whenever we think of something that's frightening, it's very easy to try to look to a strong, confident figure that makes us feel safe. We're oftentimes trying to find someone that, well, we're not always worried that there's somebody that we like, and we're not always worried that it's somebody that's nice. We're just wanting to make sure that it's somebody strong enough to make us feel safe. We want to know that there is someone there that we think has our backs. You see, I was trying to think through what were some images of when we're looking for someone to come and to not only make us safe, but also to take care of our enemies. And I started trying to think through what, who was a, 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 a military figure, somebody that we could look to and say, that is a person that made us feel safe? And I started thinking about all of the controversial figures that we have known for some time. And I kept looking back and looking back, trying to find somebody that brought us a sense of safety that everybody could agree on. And basically, I got George Washington, and that's it. I have no idea who else we'd even look to. Because with so much of this is that oftentimes we're putting people in our lives that are just strong, but not always asking if they're good. More than that, though, is what is it that we're wanting them to do in our lives? In Revelation 6, there's an image where there are people that have been martyred for the name of of Christ for the word of God and it says they cried out with a loud voice O sovereign Lord holy and true how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth because that's a huge part of this we oftentimes feel in one way or another that people have wronged us that they have harmed us in some way and we want to know that someone's going to come and take care of that for us. We want to know that someone is going to fix it. Our hope is oftentimes in thinking that someday someone is going to take care of all the people we didn't like and the world will finally make a little bit of sense. But you see, whenever we hear the passages that say that the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone hid themselves in the caves, and they're calling to the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of the wrath of the Lamb. Is then we also have to pause and ask, yeah, but 
Who is it that would be afraid of the wrath of the Lamb? You see, in our Isaiah passage, it starts off by saying things like, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, and the nations would tremble to make your name known to your adversaries. But here's the difficulty. Later in that chapter, it says, Behold, you were angry, and we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time, and shall we be saved? When I was six years old, I went to the theater to watch the best movie of all time, Transformers. Okay? I don't care about all your you know, Michael Bay stuff nowadays. The original cartoon movie in 1986 is still the best, all right? But at the same time, there I was watching this movie, and half of them died. Oh my, it was, it was scarring. I'm like, no, 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 they're okay. Just put a bandage on it. It'll be fine. I don't, I don't care it, what I just saw. We're going to say it's okay, right? Right? Well, one of the biggest scenes in there and, and for those of you who don't know, Transformers are robots that turn into cars and planes and everything. I, hopefully I don't have to go into much more detail than that with you. But the ultimate bad guy, Megatron, is fighting the ultimate good guy, Optimus Prime. And there was a young guy who comes up named Hot Rod and thinks that he is going to come and take on Megatron. And instead, Megatron beats him down, grabs him, and uses him as a shield and shoots down Optimus Prime. See, as much as Hot Rod is thinking that he is going to somehow come up and take care of everything, in reality, he was the one who brought the downfall of Optimus Prime. But that's the reality with us as well. See, we spend a lot of time looking at the world around us, waiting for God to somehow take care of that group, or that issue, or those people, when in reality, we're oftentimes the ones causing the problems. Isn't it so easy that we can see everybody else causing it and then realize that sometimes we're the ones who actually made it possible for evil to win the day? The times whenever we have not only taken for granted who God is and what he's doing, but sometimes taken each other for granted, Time, sometimes ignored one another, or even at times like Christmas, where we're looking to just make sure that we had a wonderful time and we got to see and enjoy everything around us and make sure we got all the sales and whatever it is we were waiting all year to get. And then we don't pause to realize that there are times whenever we've made things harder for God and for the world around us. You see, oftentimes whenever we say, God, we're waiting for you to return. Yeah, but... Why hasn't he returned yet? It says in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, when we're looking at this, it speaks of what's happening whenever everything is falling apart. And it says in here, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, 
but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. See, in reality, God isn't forgetting us. He's waiting for us. Because many of us just keep kind of putting off the things of God. We just keep kind of going back about our lives and just ignore whatever it is that God is trying to do. But God is waiting not only for us to change and to come to him, even as Isaiah says that you are the potter, we are the clay, is that he's also waiting for us to take that message to the rest of the world. The show Thundercats, I always loved it. At the end of every episode, there was always a lesson you were supposed to learn. I was becoming a pastor at the age of seven, didn't even realize it. But when it first started, they were escaping their planet, and they were all in some frozen state of animation, but one of the pods opened up. And it turned out that somebody had to stay awake to make sure that the ship landed where it needed to. And you're sitting there watching as that person keeps aging and aging and aging. And you're just like, please let them get to the planet soon before... And then you realize that he has passed away. The thing is, is that oftentimes when I look back and I'm like, how could that character have just sacrificed himself like that? Because he realized who it was that was depending on him. question is, what is it that he's waiting on with us? What is it that he has been saying, I have called you for a reason. When are you going to live into it? When are you going to come back to knowing who I am? And when are you going to go out and share that with the world that is around you? See, when we look at this season of hope, is that in many ways we're thinking we are hoping for Jesus to come again. But the truth is, is that Jesus has already come. And what have we done with it? See, that's the thing whenever we look at the hope of the world, the hope of the world that is to come, is that oftentimes we miss out on the fact that we've already been given the hope that we're meant to have here and now. But we keep taking it for granted. You see, whenever I finally finished Neverending Story and I was like scarred for the rest of my life, at least the good part was that at the end, everything was restored. There was still an opportunity for Atreyu and his horse to ride off together. There was still an opportunity for all the creatures to come back together. Same thing with the American tale. Fievel eventually found his family. He was able to have his happy ending there in New York. And truth be told, as Transformers, they always manage to find a way to bring back Optimus Prime. It's, I mean, everybody loves him. But in reality is that we also know that eventually... We're going to get where we're supposed to go. As much as we keep saying, come Lord Jesus, is, that part's already figured out. 
We know that Jesus is coming back. But what we don't know is what he's doing in our lives in the meantime. So as we are going into this Advent season, I want us to take a pause from thinking of what is it that we're trying to look to in the future and instead look at what has already come. See, the Christ child is being born in a manger. Not to come and knock everyone out and make sure that everybody has been taken care of, but rather is to grow for 30-something years and to spend his time being one of us because in that time he could then eventually go to the one place that would bring salvation and with that cross to bring a new life. So as we get through the season, what is it that God is now doing in your life not only to bring you back to him, but also so that you can go forth and bring others to know him as well. May he be the hope of this season for us and for the world. Thanks be to God.